So, um, in ancient Greece, they were kind of sporty and they loved their sport, just like we love our sport here in Australia and uh, just like we're all waiting for Origin tonight and waiting for the Blues to win. Uh, aren't we, Jono? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they were always waiting for every four years the Olympic Games would come around uh, and these Olympic Games, they were held for nearly 1,200 years straight every four years. Uh, they were a really big deal in ancient Greece because... Not only did you get the best of the best coming from all over the place, uh, there was also kind of this Olympic truce that happened. And so normally everyone's busy killing each other and kidnapping people. And that all got put on hold. It's the Olympic time, just so that athletes could travel between home and uh, the Olympic village and get there safely and compete. And, and so it was a time of celebration, a time of joy, a time of great competition. Uh, there were chariot races, there was boxing, there was javelin throwing, discus, uh, and of course there were, there were foot races as well, kind of sprinting, and there were long distance runs, there was a whole lot of footwork, a lot of running. Uh, and, and much like today, athletes did it for a medal, not a medal, they did it for a wreath, uh, kind of didn't last very long. Uh, Nike and Pepsi, they weren't sponsoring back then, so there was no money to be made, but it was about the honour, it was about trying your hardest and then succeeding in whatever event you were competing in. Uh, and Paul, when he's writing to the Corinthians, he knows that they have this whole sporting background and, and he writes to them and he says, you guys need to be athletes. And then the writer to the Hebrews, he knows this as well. And he says, hey, you guys need to be athletes. And, and in both those passages, the writers say, there's actually a race for you guys to run. You're not just sitting back in your armchair waiting for Jesus to come back so you can go to heaven. You're actually in a race and you're meant to be doing something uh, until Jesus comes back. Uh, and so first thing I want us to think about is there is a race to run. Uh, and in, in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, the writer says this, let us run with endurance the race that's set before us. Uh, and to give a bit of context... All through the book of, the he of Hebrews, the writer's been saying, I, I know it's tough following Jesus. And, and some people have been tempted to throw the towel in. And, and he keeps on saying, Jesus is better. Jesus is better. Don't give up. Don't give up. And then he gets to chapter 12 and he says, you've actually got a race to run. And you need to run that race with endurance. And, and so he's saying, hey, Christians, I want you to think like Athletes Don't think like couch potatoes, but, but think like athletes. Uh, and he's not just writing to this elite class of Christians, uh, Christian SAS. He's writing to all Christians, young, old, new Christian, old Christian. He's saying, you're, you're running, you're in a race. What kind of race is it? Is it a sprint? Well, if you're the thief on the cross, it was a sprint. He didn't last very long as a Christian, didn't he? He died quickly. But for most of it's more like a, most of it's more like a marathon. Uh, the Christian race is going to be a long slog. And I reckon it's helpful to kind of imagine a track race. You know what that's like. Rather than uh, just tearing down a track, going bush somewhere, imagine runners going round and round a track. And that's a helpful analogy because as a Christian, I'm not running alone. And as a Christian, you're not running alone. You're actually running with brothers and sisters. And so you're kind of going around this track together. And yet some of you have been around, around the track a few more times than others. You've been Christians for longer. Some of you are still on the first couple of laps, you new Christians. But you're kind of running together. And that's a beautiful thing because none of us run really, really well on our own all the time. We need one another. 
And one of the great things about having a church family is that we've got fellow runners who can say, come on, keep on running, keep going, uh, when we slow down our pace, or if we trip over, you've got someone to pull you back up and say, come on, keep going, keep on running, keep your eyes on Jesus. Uh, so, so picture a marathon. We're going round and round this track. We've got brothers and sisters around us encouraging us to keep on running a good race. But if you look in verse 1, it also says this. It starts off, Therefore, since we also have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, then let us lay aside every rate, uh, weight, dot, dot, dot. And the idea here is that we've got these people who've run before us. Uh, and all through chapter 11, some of you know it, a uh, beautiful chapter about faith, all these people are listed, all these heroes of the Bible, like Abraham and Sarah and Moses and Rahab and Gideon, a whole bunch of people. And the writer says, you need to run the race like they did. Because even though they were broken people and they messed up and did stupid things and they disobeyed God sometimes, they clung by faith to God. And he was faithful the whole way through their individual races. And just like he was faithfully with them, he's going to faithfully be with you as you run your Christian race. And so he's saying, be encouraged. They ran the race, and you can run it too, and you can run it together with brothers and sisters by your side. So we're running this race, but how are we meant to run? Well, back in 1 Corinthians... Paul says, Christian, run in such a way to win the prize. Uh, remember cross-country races back in school? Some of you are still there. You, you know what I'm talking about. But when I was in school, there were, there were three groups of people in cross-country races. There, there were the people who tried really hard and did really well. Uh, there were the people who tried really hard and didn't do really well. Uh, and then there was the group that were, we're not trying at all. We're just going to walk the track. And they'll, they'll just walk around the circuit. And by the time they crossed the finish line, everyone was back in class. But they just weren't putting any effort in. That's how it was at my school anyway. Paul says, don't do that as a Christian. You don't get to just walk the track. You don't get to just say, well, who cares? I'm actually going to get to the finish line anyway. I'm just going to slack off. Paul says, don't do that. You've got to run in such a way to win the prize. So don't, don't take this too far, but there's a sense in which we're trying to outdo our Christian brothers and sisters. There's a sense in which we're trying to run past them so that we can just keep following Jesus and following him hard and following him fast. Uh, it's not a cycling race where you kind of sit in each other's slipstream and go, I'm not going to go past them, I'm just going to sit behind them and this is comfortable, this is easy. Uh-uh. In one sense, our goal shouldn't be to run with the pack. Because we're told to keep our eyes on Jesus, aren't we? Uh, not on the person in front of you or the person next to you. Keep your eyes on Jesus. And the thing about a race is there's one clear winner. Well, often it's by this much, but there's a winner. Uh, Jesus ran the race that all of us want to run, but none of us are ever going to run that race, are we? He ran a perfect race. He set the record time. He didn't trip. He didn't stumble. He didn't mess up. He ran a perfect race. And we want to run hard behind him. And so in that sense, he's the benchmark, not, not everyone else. It's really easy, I reckon, sometimes in a Christian community, uh, we, we find someone, we go, oh, they're about where I am as a Christian. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run next to them. And 
yeah, uh, they could run a bit faster and they're not that great at praying and don't read their Bible that often. They're a little bit more worldly than they should be, but they're, they're a good middle-of-the-road Christian. I'm going to run next to them and then I'll feel kind of good about myself. Uh, ever thought that way? Paul said, don't do that. You actually run as though you personally want to win the prize. Run hard after Jesus. My running career was really, really unspectacular and really, really short. Uh, 1985, I was in grade three, and I made it to the district, district cross country, uh, which is good. I didn't do very well there. Uh, but to get to district, you had to place top five in your local school. Uh, and I, I remember this still. Running along, I was in third place, and, and the finish line's coming up. And, and I remember thinking, I've got a bit more in my tank I can actually blast past these two guys. I can get first place. Uh, but before that command went from my brain to my legs, I thought, but I don't need to. I'm in the top five. I'm, I'm going to district. And so I just held my place and cruised in third position. And, and it wasn't until the ribbon started getting handed out that I suddenly went, oh, man, I, I should have done it. That, that first place ribbon looks better than the, the third place ribbon. It, and I reckon we can do that as Christians. I reckon we're running along, a little bit weary. We think, I could run harder. I could put in a bit more effort. But through the blood of Jesus, I'm going to district. Through the blood of Jesus, I'm going to heaven. I'm going to make it. Why put the effort in? Paul says, don't think that way. Run in such a way to win. How do we do that? Well, second thing it's really clear that if you're going to do that, run well, there's a price to pay. If you want to run, run fast, run well, it's inevitably going to cost something. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 9.25, we're told, really generally, everyone who competes exercises self-control in all things. That's a cost. Uh, Hebrews 12.1, we're told more specifically, lay aside every hindrance and the sin that so easily ensnares us. So zoom in on, on sin for a minute there. Uh, one aspect of running a good Christian race is laying aside sin, getting rid of sin. Uh, and just like athletes, they're, they're supposed to be healthy, aren't they, and avoid high-fat food, high-sugar food, and all, all the stuff that actually tastes good. Avoid that. Uh, you want to run a good race, you've got to avoid that. As Christians, we're told, you actually need to put aside sin, lay off sin. And it's kind of obvious, but... It's really easy for Christians sometimes to think, I don't feel like I'm running a real good race, but we don't actually connect it back to the sin in our life that we're just putting up with and that we haven't yet confessed. But the Bible's really clear that, that sin slows us down, it cripples us. And uh, I was just reading um, Psalm 32 in my, my devotions this morning and just talking about there that when I hadn't confessed my sin, I felt your hand heavy on me. Have you ever felt that way? God's not pleased with you and you're not running well and the sin in your life that you kind of like and so you're not letting go of, but until you let go of it, you're not going to run a good race. Paul says, don't tolerate it. Get rid of it. Lay it aside so that you can run well after Jesus. Now, that's a bit obvious, isn't it, sin? But the less obvious thing that he says here, in my translation I'm reading from, um, he says, lay aside every hindrance. Some translations say, lay aside every weight. And then it says, and the sin. So 
hindrances and weights are actually different to, to sin. Because there's plenty of things out there that are kind of neutral things. And this is true of physical athletes. Uh, an athlete could run with a bit of jewellery on or a watch on or in their steel cap work boots. They could run with sunnies on and a dressing gown on if they wanted to. It wouldn't be, wouldn't be wrong, but it'd be dumb. It, it would slow them down. It would make them run a bad race. Uh, and, and in a similar way, when it comes to us running our Christian races, a whole bunch of stuff that's fine, it's neutral stuff, but it's not going to help us run real well. It's not sinful, but it's unnecessary weight. And sometimes we can think, well, show me a verse that says this is wrong and then I'll stop doing it. But maybe a better thought is, is this thing, whatever it is, helping me run a good way, run a good race? Some of you will know 1 Corinthians 10, 23. Paul says, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. So it might not be sin, but it might make you run a bit of a, poor race, might slow you down. I once read a book, um, actually I didn't read the book, I read a blog about the book, that was quicker. <laughs> it's cheating. But the book was called Shoe Dog, it was about the makers of Nike and it talked about how the founders, they had this passion, we're going to make the lightest shoe ever and they did all the maths and they worked out that every 30 grams they took off a shoe actually translated to 25 kilos less per mile that a person would carry. And so they thought, we're going to shave weight off our shoes. And, and this is a quote from that book. It says, lightness, they believed, translated directly to less burden, which, went, which meant more energy, which meant more speed, and speed in equaled winning. And, and so you've got the founders of Nike, you've got the writer of Hebrews, and they're in complete agreement, they're saying less weight equals more speed. And speed equals winning. So here's a question. What's, what's slowing you down at the moment? What, what weight are you carrying in your life that is stopping you running the best Christian race that you could be running? Is your house taking up too much time or your hobby or your sport or your TV or your pets or your Xbox or whatever? You fill in the blank. Is there some morally neutral thing in your life? It's not a bad thing, but there's just too much of it and it's making you run a bit of an ordinary Christian race. Something to think about as you head off tonight. So the challenge really is to turn out the pockets of our lives and go, what's slowing me down? And that's a cost, isn't it? There's all sorts of things we, we enjoy in our lives. And it's a cost to actually let things go so that we can run a better Christian race. But that's what we're being called to do here. Notice what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9.27. He also says this. He says, I discipline my body and I bring it under strict control. So I'm not an athlete, but I know that athletes actually do live pretty disciplined lives and they go to bed at the same time, they get up at the same time and they eat right and they, they train right and on some days they're working their muscles and other days they're working flexibility and they've got this whole regimen of things they're doing so they can be the best athlete they can. Good athletes always live disciplined lives and Paul says, hey, Christian, you should be doing the same thing. You should, you should live a disciplined life like an athlete. And so 
That means we've got, we've got to somehow work prayer into our routine and we've got to work Bible reading into our routine and hanging out with other Christians into our routine and being regular at church into our routine. There's all these things that we need to do so we can run really, really well. So physical athletes, they don't run well without discipline and Christians don't either. So there's a race to run, there's a cost to pay, it's also a prize to win and this is really beautiful. Look at 25, so verse 25, 1 Corinthians 9. Paul says, they do it, so athletes do it, to receive a perishable crown, but we an imperishable crown. So an athlete, they're driven by, they want the praise, yeah, but they also want the, the medal. Back in the day, they got a wreath. Uh, it didn't last long at all. But gold, it lasts all right. Gold does. But at the end of the day, you can't take a gold medal with you to heaven, can you? It, it's a prize that actually fades. It disappears. And Paul says that as an athlete works and works and works just to win something that's going to fade away, we should work and work and work because we actually get something that doesn't fade away. We get this imperishable crown. Isn't that cool? An athlete works and works and works for something they can't take with them. Christian, we get, we get to run hard and win something that can never be taken away from us. And, you know, even fame disappears, doesn't it? Uh, you look back 100 years ago at who won gold medals at the London Olympics and no one's heard of them. Their reputation's gone. Their fame's gone. It's, it's just gone. If you're a Christian, your reward lasts forever. Is this saying we can earn our way to heaven? I remember when I was younger, uh, reading this passage, going, it sounds like I've got to run real hard and then I'm going to run, run myself into heaven by running really well. But that's not what he's saying at all. We can't earn our way to heaven and run our way to heaven. Uh-uh. This is written to Christians who are already in the race, already going to heaven, and he's saying, run well. Keep your eyes on the prize. Have you ever watched the Olympics and, and you see the whole medal ceremony and you've got the, the IOC member uh, comes along and says, well done, and shakes hand and puts the medal on and there's all this honour. It's pretty impressive. Think about this, though. On that last day, if you're a Christian, you're going to stand before the maker of heaven and earth, and you want him to look at you and say, well done, good and faithful servant. Come into heaven forever. That's a reward. That's what we need to be keeping our eyes on. It's huge, huge incentive. And this is how Jesus ran his race. Have a look at Hebrews 12 too. It says there that Jesus is the pioneer, the perfecter of our faith. So we're running behind him. He's the beginning, he's the end. It's all about him. But it goes on, it says, For the joy that lay before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, sat down at the right hand of God. And so Jesus, he ran a tough race, didn't he? He had to leave heaven and come to earth. That was tough. And he had to live this life of poverty. That, that was tough. And he was despised and rejected. That was tough. And he had to go to the cross for us. And that, that was tough. And, and yet we're told here he did all that for the joy that lay before him. 
And so he's running this really hard race, running it for us, but his eyes are on the prize. He's looking forward to being back with the Father, back in heaven. He's looking forward to completing his mission and saving his children. From a human perspective, that's what enabled him to run and keep on running. It was that joy that lay ahead. And that's what's supposed to motivate us as we run our Christian races. And, and you know, there's days when it's tough being a Christian. Hey, sometimes there's seasons when it's tough being a Christian and you, you want to throw the towel and you want to quit. And, and you start thinking, oh, it cost me a lot of time. It cost me a lot of energy. It cost me a lot of money or whatever. When an athlete starts thinking that way, then they're going to quit, aren't they? If an athlete only ever thinks about the pain and the suffering, they're going to end up, it's not worth it. I'm going to eat donuts. I'm going to play Xbox. I'm going to live on the lounge. That's easier. But an athlete keeps thinking about the prize. They keep running. They keep training. Their eyes are on that. And that's what we got to do. So whatever you're going through now, and I don't know you, I'm coming in completely cold, but whatever you're going through right now, can I say, you need to keep your eyes on Jesus. And some of you might be running hard and it's feeling good, fantastic. Others of you might be running and think, this is really tough and I'm weary. Keep your eyes on Jesus. And then some of you might not even be in this race yet. And I want to say to you, you need to get in the race because whatever you're running hard after right now, it's going to fade away. Even if what you're running after, you get it and you make it to the very top of the ladder or you get whatever you're chasing down, it's not going to satisfy. You can't take it into eternity with you. So if you're not yet a Christian, you need to get in the race. And John, I'd love to chat with you about how to do that if you don't know what that looks like. If you are a Christian, run hard, keep your eyes on Jesus. And let me just say again, it's been great hanging out with you and, and your leaders the past days uh, and just hearing what God's doing in this place. So run hard for Jesus. Let me pray. Lord God, thank you so much for the race. Thank you so much that it's through Jesus that we get in the race. Thank you that he is the, the author and the finisher of our faith. And he's our example of, of running after the prize, keeping our eyes on you. Lord, I pray you'll forgive us for times when we are just lazy Christians and it's easier to walk laps than run. Lord, I pray that you help us to spur one another on to run hard for you so that we shine brightly for you, so that we're useful for you, and so that we have joy, because the closer we are to you, the, the more joy there's to be found. And so, Lord, pray for the church here. Thank you for each and every person gathered here tonight. Thank you for the leaders that, that love the flock here. Thank you for all the people who serve, all the work that's done. Lord, would you enable them to keep on running hard, shining brightly here in Begara. We pray it through your son's wonderful name. Amen.